Hello, my name is Fabulous. Well, it's, 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 it's Sammy Lucas, actually, but I just wanted to borrow one of my favourite Samantha Jones quotes of all time. It's my little way of acknowledging the Queen of Fabulous herself, who will be sadly missing from the Sex and the City reboot. But this episode of The Potty is all about the fabulous. So in this podcast, and just like that, they're back, I'll be joined by some Sex and the City super fans to celebrate the ladies, the loves, the sex and the city. And in this episode, I'd like to celebrate the fashion and focus on the styling and look of the show and what made it so iconic, that original Patricia Field brilliance. I want to talk about what we're seeing coming off the set of the reboot. There's a new stylist on board and I'm not quite sure what's going on there. So I have called in one of the most fabulous, fashionable, stylish people I know to please explain. My guest today has spent 25 years in the fashion industry. She's been a fashion editor, an editorial director of some of our favourite magazines like Cosmo, Clio, InStyle, Madison, Shop Till You Drop, and now she's founder of her own lifestyle website, The Joy. Paula Joy, thank you for joining me. Hello, Sammy. I know you're a Sex and the City super fan like me. Absolutely. Absolutely. How excited. I'm so excited. All the chules coming out to play again. (laughs) I know you said you had a tutu. I'm disappointed you're not wearing it for the recording today. A tutu? I have a wardrobe of tutus. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) I am feeling this level of excitement about the reboot and I was thinking today I would describe it as maybe a a Carrie Bradshaw and a Manolo Blahnik shoe sale level of excitement. Totally, (laughs) totally. I think, you know, it's just going to be so nice to see them again. I know. Isn't it? They're Mm. just, it's their, their friends for a certain uh, age group of women around the world. I think that for me, I just, I feel like I just can't wait for them to come visit again. Okay, you've worked on so many magazines and worked in the fashion industry for so many years. Did you ever meet Sarah Jessica Parker or any of the ladies? I met Sarah Jessica Parker at a party in New York City. Of course you did. <laughs> Whose party was it? It was a party for Gucci. Oh, I was a, a magazine editor at the time, I know. That's a bit of a fabulous sentence. Um, and she looked like... Carrie. I mean, at the time, she she was indeed playing the role, and she's such an incredible clothes horse. Yes, and everyone was dressing her. I think this would have been around about season four, um, and you know, she's tiny beyond belief. Do you know what? I've only seen her. No, I've seen her twice. I interviewed her once on the red carpet in New York at the Ziegfeld Theatre, I think it was, which was so fabulous. And then, you know, I host my New York tours for women and we always do a little stalk of Carrie's stoop and then we go past Sarah Jessica Parker's house because it's the street behind where the stoop is. And one of the girls was right at the back of the group and as she got to SJP's house, she actually walked out and put garbage in the bin in the front of her brownstone. And, and that you, was like the story of the trip. She saw Sarah Jessica Parker putting the garbage out and she still looked fabulous. And she would. I mean, there's just she's also so New York, right? There's yeah, just yeah. something about her that's so native to that city that she just she looks like she should be there, like a yellow cab. <laughs> yes. Sarah Jessica Parker like a yellow cab. I don't know how she'd feel about that. I think she'd think it was fab. <laughs> I want to get into 
breaking down the styles and the looks we're seeing coming off the set of the new production and and what the fashion meant to us all in the original. But first, I know you're a, a super fan. What are you thinking is going to happen in this new series? I'll be really upset if Big and Carrie break up. I really will be because I'd like the drama to come from somewhere else. I would like them after her making so many poor choices along the way in that love story and so many good outfits, (laughs) I would like for that to not end. It will really bug me if that ends. But Natasha's come back. I know. So why is she there? What does that mean? I love that poor choices, good outfits. That's kind of a, a great way to look at life, isn't it? Poor choices, at least you can have good outfits. (laughs) Exactly. But if you look back at her choices, they were really shocking. It was, especially with Big. But how will you feel if he dies? Oh, gee, that's a big sign. You look genuinely shocked. Yeah, I am genuinely shocked. I I am not prepared for that. I'm not. No, I don't want that to happen. Okay, good. Uh, We know it's not Samantha. That's in the coffin. Well, we so, know she's in London now. Yeah, we know she's in London, so we know it's not her. They're not going to kill they can't Big. Come kill on, big. can't kill Big. Any any other predictions? What would you like to see happen with Miranda? Well, I hope she doesn't break up with Steve. And there's obviously the whole in the trailer. They're saying, oh, could it be that she starts it? You know, a flirtation with a woman. And if that happens, I hope I can see Steve just being. You know what? I love you, let's stay friends, let's raise Brady. You know, I just hope that they don't break up either because they've fought so hard. Well, this is what I wanted to ask you about because I'm a single woman and I would like to see some dating because I want to see how they all handle the horror show that is Tinder and and Bumble and Hinge. But you're married. You've been married 23 years. Congratulations Uh on your recent wedding anniversary. So for you, how important is it to see those couples keep their marriages together like Charlotte and Harry or Miranda and Steve? Well, I think that it is important because I don't think that there is enough of that that's real. You know, in Sex in the City, all of the couples went through infidelity, you know, fertility issues, breaking up, cheating. Like, that's life, right? Mm-hmm. But if you work hard enough, you can make it work if your foundation and your trust or whatever is there. So I think that it's important that some of them make it and then it's just not melodramatic for melodrama's sake. Marriages take work, right? Do you want to see that reflected in the show? Yes. I think it's really important. I think it's really important for men and women to see that, that it's not just, you know, a bird on the head and a chill dress, <laughs> even though that bird looks like it's coming back. I saw the bird or something that looked like the bird. There's a real focus on headwear in this new series. Let's park the bird. I want to really just reminisce and, and get your take about the importance of the fashion and the styling in that original series. I mean, it really took things to another level in the show. It wasn't just four women talking about sex and dating and fabulous New York locations. The outfits were an integral part of what made the show so beautiful to watch. Absolutely. And I think it was fundamental to Carrie's character. I think that without the fashion risk-taking, which was very original, she Mm. would not have necessarily have come across as the original character that she was. Mm. So I think that then the fashion became, you know, more and more and more. And they say that 
you know, New York's the fifth lady. Well, fashion has got to be the sixth lady. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it gave us something else to fall in love with, you know, yeah. and it really did. It's like dress paper dolls. Yeah. Gave each of the characters a real identity and uh, you could find yourself in either them or in their style. Who were you most like? Which character did you most identify with or see most of yourself in? I think on a fashion level, definitely, Carrie, uh, for sure. I'm... I wore tutus to work <laughs> routinely. Ask anyone. I was like, I'd be in a glitter shoe and a tutu. I mean, I dressed like that. I still do. But was that because you'd seen Carrie do it in the show? A bit of both, actually. Mm. I've always been a bit of a, um, you know, I love vintage, always have. But certainly I was absolutely pushed to, to, you know, go further with my own style because of the bravery and, and just the whimsy of that show. Yeah. I just, when I think of the show, I think of Carrie in those tight-fitting dresses. My God. I mean, look, she's a size minus four. She's so tiny, but... Total coat, like, you know, like mm. a total coat hanger. And she's a dancer and a gymnast. So all those little long, lean muscles and, you know, she's just, yeah, she's she looked perfection in like the naked dress and the the Galliano newspaper dress. Yes. They just looked phenomenal on her. Did you have a favourite look from the series? Oh, that's... I mean, it's like asking you to pick your favourite child. Sorry, that was a cruel question. I think the newspaper dress was super clever because she wore it to apologise to Natasha and it was sort of about telling the news and it was just, it was a metaphor dress and it was repeated, that dress. And not a lot of the dresses were repeated. So I think that that one was particularly fabulous. Obviously, the final green tutu when Big showed up mm. in Paris. I mean, all of the Paris outfits oh, everything. were and that sensational. And the first night she got to Paris and uh, the Russian had to go off to a dinner and she got all dressed up in that... There was a dress with layers and layers and layers of tulle and she was lying on the bed and she just looked like this beautiful little creature surrounded by tulle. It was a mauvey kind of colour, was it? It or? was, and he called it a milfer. The milfer, uh, that's he said right. he, yes. he, Petrovsky said, oh, you're like a milfer. Uh, that was Dior and that was just extraordinary. I loved the pink Oscar de la Renta uh, gown that she wore to the opera, but she fainted and they went to McDonald's. And that was the perfect, perfect, perfect gown. I loved the white dress that she wore in front of the fountain when she was with Aiden and saying to Aiden, no, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that heartbreaking mm-hmm. moment where they were backlit in the white. I love the little short terry toweling shorts yes. with the piping she wore them a bit didn't she that she yes. would wear yeah and i love the outfit in the vanity at the beginning in the in the intro i mm. mean you can't beat that pink tight tank top with that little tutu it was just so you remember when you saw that for the first time yeah and also her hair her hair and the aviators and the gold jewellery. But watching back, because I've done the deep dive, back to the very first series, we forget in episode one, in fact, for the first three episodes, I think, she had short red curly hair. It evolved over that first series to the blonde mane that we kind of know and love. And it's funny when you look back in that first series and there's all the talking to camera. Yes. <laughs> they, you know. Con- they continue that through on and off. Uh-huh. For quite a few series, but it was a bit annoying in that the first couple of episodes. I'm glad they phased that out. I am too. What do you know about 
Well, let's talk about the shoe obsession. I know in one episode she says she spent $40,000 on shoes. No, I think, you know, when she says, I am literally the old woman who lives in her <laughs> shoes, that will be me. Uh, I think that shoes are like jewels and they just are so fantastic. But I think that they made a real point of saying, and Miranda was often, you know, Carrie's moral compass, she couldn't afford them. Mm. On you a writer's know, salary. <laughs> she couldn't afford them. And I think that there were moments in there where it was sort of like it just showed we loved her so much. It's on reflection and second viewing and the benefit of hindsight that you go, God, Carrie was actually really kind of selfish and kind of reckless. And irresponsible. And really irresponsible. Absolutely. And I think that that was sort of her... You know, it was her children, it was her passion, it was, it was you know, it's retail therapy, is it not? Mm. Let's shop the pain away. Mm. Let's shop the pain away. And, of course, the Carrie necklace. So good to see it come back in that final episode in Paris. But what, what was the story behind that? You know, they were an absolute mainstay of the 70s in America. And in fact, I grew up in America and I had a Paula and still have my Paula from 1973. In gold, in that kind of it's Silver. I'm silver. And they were mainstay all I across America. Yeah. Like you can buy, you know, keychains and stuff now. So they were really, really popular and sort of everywhere. And uh, that was indeed found. It was a vintage piece. Um, oh, so they didn't get that made. Uh-uh. They found a necklace that said Carrie. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of the stuff that they did in the beginning, Patricia Field was, she didn't have any budget. That show had zero, zero budget. And so they actually got a U-Haul, you know, a trailer, and they would go all over America shopping op shops, shopping vintage barns to just try and salvage and put together the wardrobe. And it wasn't until the end of the third season, really, that people started taking notice, and by people I mean designers, and that they actually were then given clothes because at the up until then they'd been buying it and and buying you know vintage from all over. I didn't know that. That's yeah. fascinating. They had no budget. I'd read that she found Patricia Field found the tutu in a op shop for five dollars. The original tutu that's in the mm-hmm. opening credits. That's right. Most most things were most <laughs> things were were really were scavenged. Yeah. Well, not the wedding dress from the first movie. No. The bird on her head. Well, I don't. I didn't love the wedding dress. I wasn't a huge fan of that, and I I didn't get the bird on the head. What did I miss there? Well, <laughs> you didn't miss. I mean, the, the bird is an acquired taste, let's say. I'm pretty sure it was Philippe Tracy. I'm sure it was. Did you love the bird? Um, I think it was a sculptural. I mean, it was so pointy end of the plane fashion that I can't say that I didn't admire it. Would it have been my choice for <laughs> a wedding headdress? No. But I did love the Westwood dress. Mm. I did. I would have preferred the Westwood dress without the bird. Yeah. But, you I mean, a Vivian Westwood dress is a pretty major thing. But then she ended up marrying him in the beautiful vintage suit that she'd found for $50 or whatever in a in an op shop. And I think that that was purposely done. Mm. I think that they said it went so ridiculous that yeah, they were getting OTT. married in the New York Library with a bird on her head and a Vivian Westwood gown. And 300 guests. Which and- was so not them. And she sort of didn't listen to that is what Big wanted, you know. Yeah. And I think that that was just to really show 
it's okay, she's back to herself, This all is well in the world, that's the way it should be. Let's talk about Patricia Field and her influence on the show. She was the original stylist. Did you ever meet her or interview her? I have met her, yes, um, and interviewed her, yes. She's extraordinary, incredible creative talent. She comes out of rock and roll, which is no surprise. Um, she she uh, has you know a background in film and video and MTV. You know when she really came into the vernacular was in the 80s when MTV and music video and everything yeah. was exploding and her store uh, which is you know famous in in New York it was where a lot of rock stars and uh, video stylists would go to just get special pieces uh, for their their clients and for, for clips. So she had the store before she was the stylist on Sex and the City? Yes. Oh wow okay. Yes absolutely yeah. What do you know about the way she and SJP worked together? Was it a collaboration or was it very much Patricia Field's vision and SJP was just wearing what she was told to wear? They were in absolute collaboration from the very beginning. Sarah Jessica Parker gave herself over to Patricia in the respect of she said, I am here to learn, I'm here to collaborate and I believe the whole way through the show, their fittings could take upward of 14, 16, 18 hours that would just go into the night. They would try and try and try and try and try things oh my on. God, that's exhausting. I know. You know what it's like going for a fitting. Like it's fun for a minute for a couple of outfits, but then it's like, oh, my God. But I reckon if you were being made into those outfits, I think it would be pretty fun. Well, there's a real love and celebration of fashion, I think, that really comes through in Sarah Jessica Parker and obviously with Patricia Field. So it was obviously this magic combination, this chemistry that just created this this brilliance yes. on screen. And it was totally, totally collaborative. She, w- she would go there, she would allow Patricia to, to you know, to push it. And, uh, yeah, they were a match made in uh, heaven. All right, so it was a little disappointing to hear that Patricia Field was not available for the reboot and just like that because she's working on Emily in Paris, yes, I believe. in Paris. <laughs> in Paris. <laughs> I'm surprised that she wouldn't have handed that off to someone else and come back to the reboot. That's really strange to me. I think that you can't reheat a souffle mm. and I wonder mm. if she was just really wanted to leave it bookended as her work in that moment. But I wonder whether Patricia Field was just like, you know what, it was perfect and I'm going to leave it in my heart and in the world's mm. mind like that. I don't know. I think she, she left her heart on the table there. Mm. Maybe she was just like, it was perfect. And also sometimes creatives are like, I want to see what somebody else does. Now, Molly Rogers, who's the new stylist, is her friend she actually worked and met uh, Patricia in the 80s and worked in her store. Right. Did she ever work with her on Sex in the City? Yes. The original series? Yes. Oh, so she's familiar yes. with the, Absolutely. the styles yes, of the ladies. Yes, she did. And she worked with her on The, um, the Devil Wears Prada as mm. well. Um, so she's a long-term collaborator. So I think 
in terms of passing the baton, she's not giving away her baby. But the, a part of me is like, does she want to enjoy it for herself, Patricia? Mm. Does she want to sit back and see what her legacy can be made into? Yeah. Do you know if Patricia Field is in any way a you know overseeing the styling or in any way collaborating on this, or she is just completely removed yeah, complete, and complete, handed it over to Molly? Yeah, completely removed. How old's Molly? Do you think is she young or is no, she? No, I think she's our age. Right. Okay. I wonder whether they are deliberately trying to dress these women as fifty-something-year-old women. I think I think she might even be. I think she might even be closer to sixty. You know, because she was working with her in the eighties. Based on the images we've seen on set, I am a little concerned about some of the things I'm seeing, and I just wonder: Am I taking it all too seriously, or do I just not get fashion? Like, <laughs> it all looks very different to me. What's your feeling from what you've seen on set? Well, that's what I mean. I just am hoping that once it's with dialogue and once it's with movement and everything like that, that the fashion isn't being pushed so much to the level of it's a caricature. Silly. To silliness. Wacky kind of. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Charlotte looks like... Doris Day in quite a few of those outfits. So I'm like, is she going to break into like a 1950s dance routine? Um, I think Miranda looks like Miranda. Mm -hmm. I think that probably looks the most, except some of the mm. outfits are a little bit Warren Beatty, Madonna-like. <laughs> a bit Warren Beatty. You know, in that movie, Dick Tracy, where he, they were in the bold suits? Yes. It's a bit that. Yes. A bit it that, is. you know. One thing I've noticed, the studded belt is back in a big way. We saw the black studded belt throughout the series and I've seen it in quite a few looks from set of the new series, the reboot. What's the story with the studded belt? Well, it seems to me that Fendi's back. Is that a Fendi belt? Yes. So oh, it's... Right. Um, I noticed the baguette's back a little bit too. Yes. And you know the baguette was the very first designer item that was given to the show as in the house lent it to the show. And it was the absolute turning point. So Fendi really were the first to go, hang on a mm -hmm. second, there's something here. We want to get seeing, on. Yeah, and they were the very first. So I, I actually wonder if there is a, a little bit of homage to Fendi having the foresight um, and, yeah. you know, them bringing back that bag. It's certainly iconic to the series, the belt equally. Um, so, I yes, I wonder if we're going to see a lot of Fendi. Oh, that's really lovely. So they were the first big designer to say, you're onto something here, we're going to jump in. Absolutely. And this is their way of saying, you're with us, you're with us all the way. I think so. Isn't that nice? That's, that's my prediction. Oh, I love that. Yeah, some of the, the outfits look a bit more kind of quirky and wacky. What the fuck is going on with <laughs> Carrie, the cleaning lady? It is a hot mess. There are rubber gloves, that pink sort of gingham dress. It, it, that's got to be a joke or a fancy dress party or a weird wacky dream sequence hasn't it yeah it's yeah i'm not a fan of the glove i'm really not everything I mean, else you're okay with they're great well all the pieces on their own but it is i look you have to be a certain type of gal to pull that so off you think that's a real is that i was thinking that's got to be a joke or is that actually so far on the fashion spectrum that it's i'm like i'm lost it's no, lost i me. reckon that that will be an outfit Wow. I do. No. Yeah, I do. Oh, God. Okay. T tell me that look is not like fresh off the runway in Paris or something. No, it isn't. <laughs> that's for sure. Are there any other looks from the set you'd like to discuss? 
I like the, I love the gingham, the high-waisted gingham and the waistcoat. I like that. I think her hair looks fabulous. She's gone very straight and long and slick, hasn't she, rather than the sort of wild yeah. uh, curls. Yeah. Does I that think... mean she's settled down and she's, you know, happily married and grown up a bit? I don't think Carrie will grow up, but I can't wait for the story. I, know. I am so excited to see where the F they go. And they've kept it so quiet. It's amazing that there hasn't been more leaked from the script and the set. All we really know is Samantha's in London. Yeah, I know. I think it's good. All of it will make much more sense when there's a storyline. Even the gloves. <laughs> <laughs> the gloves. <laughs> the cleaning lady. Okay, and just before I let you go, there have been pics on set of Sarah Jessica Parker with some wrinkles and Cynthia Nixon's got the full head of grey hair and people are a little bit shocked by what they're seeing. How do you feel about that when you see the images coming from set of these women looking their age? Um, do you know what it is for me is that there is nothing in between Blake Lively and Jane Fonda. There's just nothing. And I think that we are shocked because... We don't see it. So I think it is terrific. I mean, if you look at, um, I don't know if you've watched Made and Andy Andy McDowell McDowell in Mm -hmm. that, it's just great to see, you know, a 63-year-old playing a 63-year-old. But Because even women that age, when they are on screen, they don't look their age because they've had so much work done, whether it's good or bad work. Totally. And that's, you know, that's what I mean. It's just like there's Blake Lively at like 38 and then there's Jane Fonda and then there's just not enough in the middle that isn't, you know, it's some, you know, we've got actresses that are sort of 50 playing 30 and and sort of forever. So I think or it's great. Or even playing 50 and still looking 30. Correct. Which is the problem. Yeah. I know model Paulina Poroskova's had quite a bit to say about anti-aging culture and it plays into this whole theme. She said she posted a photo of herself and she doesn't look like she's had much work done, if any. She's got grey hair, she's got lines. And she said, I don't want to fight myself every day for the rest of my life. I want to make the best of what I was given. And she said, I so get you ladies who have intervened with nature. Your outsides don't match your insides. But I think it's more than that. I don't think it's just that your outsides match your insides because, you know, my insides are not feeling 30. Yeah, and I think it's also the not talking about it either. I mean, I follow Paulina. I highly recommend you follow her on Instagram. She's fantastic. She hasn't had any work. It wouldn't matter if she had, but I think it's important to say that you have if you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like the whole thing about, you know, weight. I remember Liz Hurley used to say that she just looked that way because she gardened. She did it. Did she really? She did. Did she say that? And it's like you can't say shit like that. I need to get a gun. It's like there's nothing wrong. Like I want to be J-Lo. Of course I want to be J-Lo. Like, you know, I think age however you want to age. But there has to be more versions of it. And there also has to just be more truth around it. So I think that all these little inroads, and I wonder if it's just a part of the Me Too movement. I wonder if it's just, it's sort of a roll-on effect two years on from that, almost three, just that there's just more space for women in all our amazing different forms. So, you know, I'm glad that they haven't airbrushed the, the crap out of Carrie and, you know, Miranda and Charlotte because... They have grown up, and let's see what let's see what they're doing. 
Thank you so much, Paula. Thank you, I, I thank you for all of those little tidbits of information and a little trivia about the show. I love it. It's it's made me even more excited. Definitely. <laughs> I'd love to get you back sort of towards the end of the series and maybe we can discuss yes. what we've seen. That would be fun. Because I'm going to need you to explain some of those <laughs> looks to me. I'd love to. I'd love to when we know. When we know. That would be good. Enjoy the show and let's talk again down the track. Perfection. Perfection.